1: comment,
0: and share. Hello, it's V. Uh, how are all of you out there? This is Australian V. We have with us uh, Matthew Eric from Canada, uh, his country is more open than mine. I'm still under lockdown here. I'm in Melbourne and uh, you know and uh, the, the, the premier here, Premier Andrews has locked us down again. So I want all of you to go to Matthew Earrett's website, uh CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org, as well as the rising It's a great place when you're not trying to wrangle a crocodile. Get over to the rising tide foundation.net and get his books. His books are great. If you're in New Zealand or you are, like me, another you know, individual living in Oceania, in Australia, I like to read Matthew's books because they give me inspiration. That one day we can have a resistance movement here in Australia and that the memory of Steve Owen will live on, that we too will grow balls and grab tyranny by the throat like a crocodile and wrangle it. Matthew's books uh, will show you how to do that. It gives you the historical context. And also make sure you subscribe to his substack, it is where it's at. Everybody here in Australia loves his sub stack as well as in New Zealand. Uh my cousin in Tasmania, when he's not looking for the Tasmanian tiger, he is also a big fan of Matthew's Substack. He reads it while he's in the jungles of Tasmania, swearing up and down that he's short at the Tasmanian tiger. And without further ado, Matthew, welcome. This is Australian Vey. Good day.
1: Hey, thank you for having me on Australian V. Hey CJ, how you guys doing? <laughs> I did not expect that one. That was nonlinear. That was good.
0: What's going on, buddy? How are you? Uh, not much, man.
1: Not much. <laughs> Following the theater of the absurd as always, and uh, I don't only really have a composition as such, um, but I know you guys keep your uh, your fingers on the pulse of world events pretty well, and and I I try to pay attention as well. So I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll have something kind of useful to say at some point. Uh, oh, that be but, fun <laughs> for sure. Definitely, this question of uh, you know, I, first of all, I mean, you're, you're, you're opening up the question of Australia, just as a side note. Um, Australia, you know, we, we were all given this idea that Australia was just this you know penal colony where uh, you know, you have a whole society run by bandits, you know, multi generational bandits <laughs> who kind of want to steal your wallet if you're a tourist. Um, now the, the actual reality is that there, there is, unlike Canada, there is something I think. Australia has, has a, a stronger um, historical tradition because a lot of the people who were exported there from Britain back in the, in the 18th century, 19th century, they were actually, when you look at it, they weren't really, well, there were some actual hardened criminals, but many and I would say even maybe most of those who were exported uh, or exiled into Australia were political dissidents There were people who were trying to uh, bring about, they were fighting for an American style revolutionary process inside of Britain. And uh, and that was one of the ways to get rid of them was to get them as far, you know, (laughs) onto the other side of the world as possible. Um, And so you actually have a a weird situation. You have it in Canada, too, but you have points in time when you do get this Republican spirit in the 19th century into the 20th century um, of people who will actually break from their British deep state control and, and cultural Uh, expectations and do things like set up a hamiltonian national bank to provide credit for internal improvements which was done in the uh, before world war one and again there was a big fight to do the same thing you know and 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 you don't really get that in other parts of the commonwealth no there's 54 countries in the british commonwealth which is so you know the the thing being reorganized into the new british empire the greater britain um under the 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 five eyes you don't really get any type of activity or his, historical examples like that at least in the anglo-saxon parts you you do get it in in maybe the darker skinned parts of the world where they didn't receive the be- full benefits of her majesty's grace uh over the decades that you know it, it is ultimately a very racist empire where they uh,
0: where they haven't uh you know went around the world blessing these uh you know uncivilized countries with the with the virtues of central banking and
1: uh yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> god bless them So you actually do get a little bit of belligerence there in a a healthy way in in like the Caribbean, Jamaica. I know that there's a big you know, there's a big push to break Jamaica out of the Privy Council to kick the Queen out, um, Guinea, other places. So you do get some some principled resistance. You don't really get it. Get much of that in Canada. Um, You get a little bit in in Ireland because of obviously the the you know, their history there having been annihilated by the British systematically. Since the uh, the potato famine days and even before that, but otherwise Anglo-Saxon wise, you don't get res- heavy resistance. But Australia, you you do or you did. I mean, the, as we know, the Queen sacked Gal Whitlam, a, a prime minister who was uh, who was actually fighting to kick the Five Eyes out of Australia in the early '70s, who was fighting to um, get control of the economy and, and really put you know Australia back into a pro-industrial orientation with an Asian focus for collaboration with. China. He was pushing to recognize China, open up and create a a system of, again, a a very open system approach to real industrial development. And for his transgressions, he was sacked by uh, Philip Kerr, the governor general, the Queen's Hand in Australia, who just fired the guy, Um, which is scandalous because we're told in the Commonwealth that the governor general... And the Queen is just are just ceremonial titles, right? They have no actual real power that they use. They just abide by. Of course, they have to give royal assent to any law that becomes law.
0: She has no power, but she could stop the Parliament of Canada. She has no power, but she could stop the Parliament of Australia and New Zealand.
1: She has no power, but she's the
0: largest landholder in the in the United Kingdom. Period. No power whatsoever.
1: Yeah, with assets probably into the the trillions, frankly.
0: Exactly. Like, you know, effectively, I think conservatively, the 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 royal family, the goats, the German goats, uh, that are the royal family, they are they are in the trillions, man. Conservatively, I mean, they, there's estimates anywhere between fifteen to twenty one trillion dollars in actual value. Maybe yeah. even up to I, I've heard estimates as high as seventy trillion. So, it's crazy.
1: Well, and I this, this is ceremonial it's useful to hold this in mind because I mean it was just the Queen's seventieth jubilee. Uh, I think it was June second. Matt, uh, I wanted
0: to jump off a bridge when I saw that. Yeah, Matt, was I, I was could in... not take the hologram thing. And the worst <laughs> part was the idiot people were waving back at a hologram that was waving at them.
1: Yeah, I was in I was in Ottawa with a few friends uh, on what was a uh, Thursday. So, what I don't know what day that was, but they had the the Queen's uh giant projections of the queen all over the parliament bu- parliament building at night and i didn't know that this was happening i was we we're just having a beer and we're walking down the street and we're like why are there fireworks everywhere and i was kind of like just enjoying the fireworks and i was like there's something going on so we walk over to the parliament building and there you have the queen's big mug facing you you know in all directions and uh people are just waiting outside in the middle of the night here it's like 10 p.m um waving at this projection on the canadian parliament building of the queen holding british flags and i'm like what what are you doing? She's first of all, she's not even there. If she was, it still wouldn't be valid to do that. But she—it's again, like you said, they're they're waving at a hologram and getting into it. Um, CJ, and so you got yeah.
0: the CJ. Yeah, can you cue up that Bill Maher clip that you played this morning that I I had to jump on? I, I want Matt to see this.
1: Yeah, yeah, come. I think this yeah. is gonna hit home for Matt. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me just a second. Yeah, Matt. Well, you know the the, the Queen. Uh, well while well, you're pulling it up. She is the longest standing head of state in the world, you know, 70 years. And I mean, again, purely ceremonial, no power, no real any 70 years as the head of state, not just of Great Britain, but of 52 countries in the Commonwealth, representing 22 percent of the world's landmass, 70 percent of the mineral and oil or uh, resource uh, mining operations in Africa are controlled by L- the London Stock Exchange, which, which with headquarters either in Britain, in London or in a Commonwealth country, mostly Canada. Um, but just I mean, the amount of PR and effort that has to go into maintaining this idea that it's just, um, you know, a figurative thing or a, a figurehead is absurd. All right. Let's this Bill Maher clip.
2: All right, here we go. All right, do it. And finally, new rule before we tackle any of our daunting specific problems here in America, we have to figure out how a country can solve any problem if so many of its people are so intractably, astoundingly, mind numbingly stupid. <laughs> and I'm not saying that as hyperbole or just out of frustration. I mean, this country just might be empirically, verifiably too fucking dumb to continue <laughs> as an ongoing enterprise. Jay Leno used to do a classic bit called jaywalking where he asked ordinary citizens the kind of question we used to consider common knowledge. And in the Internet age, that bit has been, shall we say, updated. <laughs> and is still a useful indicator of where exactly we are on the bird brain chart. Take a look at some of the answers given on a TikTok site called Project Better. Who is the first person to land on the sun?
1: Land something, land Lance. Lance Armstrong is <laughs> What is the biggest city in the world? Uh, I think it's like, like a Asia. Cross. What is the biggest city in the world? Europe. If you were born in 2021, how old would you be? 21. What country is Venice, Italy located in for $100? Do you have any clue?
2: Gosh, I'm going to be a teacher, so I should know this. Um, you should. <laughs> Paris? Where is
0: Queen Elizabeth from? Egypt, 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 where is it? Brazil. (laughs) Matt, I'm calling it in. I'm cashing in all my checks. I'm done with the West, Matt.
1: I can't do it. I I actually got something here. I got something (laughs) here. Um, (laughs) on, uh, the New York post. I'm just, uh, here, let me just do a screen share. I'll, I'll see, it, it failed last time I tried to do a screen share, but I'm going to try one more time. And if it doesn't work, I'll just read it. Um, Here, screen share. Uh, Share. I, I turned mine off, so hopefully it'll make it easier.
0: <clears throat>
1: All right. Um, Here we are. Share. I said share. Okay, you can see that? You can see yourself? It's okay, there. Yep. It's there. Can you guys see the uh, New York? Oh, my God. New York Post. Okay, yes. New York Post? Okay. Um, so this is an example of a, of a young woman who is, I believe, in Germany, um, who's actually lobbying right now to have the laws changed so that she could marry her toy Boeing. That's actually a thing happening May 31st. Um, she's not and she's created a, a new sexual orientation for herself. I forget what it's called. It's in the article. Uh, she has the name for her plane called Dickie. Um, she has hundreds of models of of different planes that she also likes i guess dicky doesn't mind if she sees other planes on the She's side She's
0: polyamorous
1: now. Uh, yeah that's her actually showcasing some some softcore porn with dicky um and so that's actually western civilization right now um, well, at work
0: well at least it's a it's a boeing 737 we can be confident than that that you know she she did pick a fairly reliable model hopefully the mcas system on that works and it doesn't nosedive and crash into her but uh, yeah uh, I'm done I'm, I'm officially cashing <laughs> it in on western culture. western civilization is dead we had a good run you know we came out swinging right after the, the, the dark ages the renaissance was great the great the age of enlightenment thank you god that was incredible uh, the peace of Westphalia the American Revolution the Magna Carta we had a good run Matt we had a good run I'm, I'm ready to cash it in. I'm ready to cash in all my chips and be out.
1: Well, what what I think is important in the, in this whole thing, right? It, it's, it's good to have a sense of humor about this insanity, because if you don't, you're going to like, I cry. Out. It's like, I got a lot to, to keep <laughs> you going. Right? What you just look at some of these examples? Uh, but um, but at the same measure, when you when you look at, well, where did the what is Western civilization? We use this blanket term, we, we are Western science, Western traditions, Western civilization, as if everything in the past that was from the West all gave birth in a sort of deterministic fashion to today's rules based international order of psychopaths and mediocrity. And it's like if that were true, if all of the ideas that were that had animated the traditions of Western civilization from Athens to, you know, wrote the roman republic and onwards to to modern europe renaissance all if that's all it was that gave birth to this current level of of a train wreck well we shouldn't have gotten out of the i mean we shouldn't have gotten out of the capes like there was no there's no ability to account for how the current disaster of norm what is normal today could have accounted for any upward shift in progress from be, having life expectancies of like 28 years of age kind of like they did in you know tibet in the 1930s um, with a super high infant mortality rate, super high level of ignorance and illiteracy, which we had back in the 13th century. Um, and all of a sudden now we have, you know, we can expect to live at least for the moment till the age of like 79 on average for uh, for people living in the the, the, the West. And uh, we generally have access to literacy, though we don't use our power of reading very well, admittedly, uh, but it's still there. So you're like, well, what what is what is it? And um, and I think from there, it's useful to look at the fact that there's actually two competing currents of Western civilization that are at, at odds, that are incompatible and at war with each other. And that's sort of like how I approached, you know, my book series called The Clash of the Two Americas. The, the approach that that is very useful is to see that, OK, not just it's not just the USA that has a battle between something patriotic American that's founded upon the principles embedded in the Constitution and the Declaration, which Involves the killing. You know, you can't understand why any of the American presidents die while in office if you are not aware of what they're trying to invoke as far as a foreign policy, a, a political economic policy premised on these principles. Um, you won't understand really fundamentally what links the death of JFK, Warren Harding, uh, FDR, Lincoln, Garfield, McKinley, uh, who else? Harrison. You won't know what links them all together if you're if you're not aware of this these two opposing currents of this this thing against this insipid rot of a deep state um, run by London. And what do Americans, what are are they taught in school? You know, in terms of what are the ideas that gave birth to the American revolution? Well, we were taught
0: that George Washington was trying to cut down a cherry tree and he couldn't tell a lie. I think Um, that was Lincoln, wasn't it? No, it was George Washington.
1: Washington. Okay. We we were
0: told that the guys from uh, uh, Boston uh, had a tea party uh because uh they were protesting the price of tea and yeah they, uber, they
1: probably didn't want to pay taxes yeah it, so... it was like
0: a like an uber eats uh pre, you know uh processing fee that they didn't want to pay on the tea and so they decided to revolt uh because the price of tea was just too damn high yeah and um they they off, you know that that's see what else were we taught when we were young and, and growing up in america um honest abe right? honest abe <clears throat> yep yep so we, yeah, we we basically, we were taught milk and cookies understanding of U.S. history. But what happened is in the process of, 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 of devoiding and flushing and aborting and excreting any sort of truth, reality or, or historical context within American education, what we did get is a healthy dose of propaganda, a healthy, healthy dosing of it that it has damaged generations, especially Gen X, the boomers. And God Almighty, God help these Zoomers and Zillennials that are alive today. I mean, we're totally screwed. We, 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 the average kid, knows nothing. Knows nothing.
1: No. Incredible. Yeah, I know. No, it's it's really worrisome. But but it, again, it's a sign like whoever controls the past controls the yeah or yeah controls the future. And if you don't know your past, why would you want to fight for it? Exactly. And and it, when you're when when you actually look at well what are the ideas that these people who who like just you know didn't like to pay extra tax on their tea um and and through you know dressed up like like native americans and threw tea in the water um what are the ideas that animated them such that they were willing to risk their lives their families' lives you know in order to fight for an idea of a new type of system of government that had never existed before was it just because they didn't want to pay taxes? That that's why um, they did that, or just like you know, Washington was just so stoic and honest that he was like, I'm gonna just make a new type of you know system of, of Republican government that never existed before. Is that really what animated them? And you're like, well, when you look at the the modern textbooks, we're told it was Adam Smith. These people fought for the right, the 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 rights um, that were embedded or codified in the works of John Locke that John Locke was the inspirer of the founding fathers of America, that Adam Smith was the inspirer of the founding fathers of America, the guy who formulated the wealth of nations in 1776 um, around the idea of, you know, free trade or British, a British specifically British version of free trade um, premised on the idea that nation states should never play a role in the economy and value should all be based upon just buying low and selling deer and, and, expressing your hedonistic impulses to satisfy pleasure, avoid pain, and thus you'll have a, a relative pricing mechanism on the markets that are the cause of tension of, of different individual parts trying to self satisfy as rational self-interested actors their, their desires for personal gain with no concept of the general welfare, no concept of, of morality or metaphysics. It's just personal, individualized, atomized self-interest that creates this whole that we, we use as a market to define what values are going to be based on what people are willing to pay based on, you know, either desire or demand or scarcity. And it's like that these ideas, this is, these are the ideas or, or even, you know, Isaac Newton, you know, a couple of founding fathers liked Isaac Newton. So we're told, yeah, the the Newtonian John Locke, um, John Locke, who, by the way, believed that human beings didn't have a soul. He actually wrote that we're just uh, blank slates, to be written on by the by a superior class that anybody that were just born with this, this empty husk of a nothing shell to be programmed kind of like machines um, according to desires for, again, reward and punishment, right? Give people some cookies, give them pleasure. They will change their behavior according to the whimsy of whatever aristocratic class happens to be social engineers at that particular time. And you will, you know, give them a shock or, or hurt them if you want bad behavior to go away, this is the this is the, at the heart of modern behaviorism, which is the, at the heart of the, the logic of the Great Reset, of the the behaviorist overhaul of the entire U.S. government, foreign policy and internal policy to control domestic, uh, you know, unacceptables um, under Biden and before that, uh, Obama. So it's it's all rooted in these. Cha- now, these these are characters who, when you look at it, had almost no influence on any of the American founding fathers. They're all British. They're all not only British, like John, John Locke worked for the British Royal Africa Company, making a fortune on uh, importing black slaves from Africa into the colonies. Yep. He enshrined the idea that, the, that what gives you the only inalienable right, the fundamental inalienable right, is the right to property. And in his mind, property involves also humans. Why? Because humans don't have a soul and neither does your cup. So they're the same thing. You know, and if you own it, that's the basis upon which you have rights. Now, that's John Locke. Um, yeah. That is the antithesis of everything that inspired the founding fathers who are worth a damn to actually risk their lives. And again, their family, if you sign the Declaration of Independence, that means if you fail in your endeavor, you you die dr- drawn and quartered as a traitor to the empire. And your family will probably also be executed. Adam Smith was a guy who was working for the British Empire. On behalf, like he got his commission. Jeff Steinberg um, wrote an, an fascinating article. He's he's a, a an interesting researcher uh, who wrote an EIR article many years ago. I don't think he's with them anymore. But um, going through the the carriage ride by with <laughs> with Adam Smith, who was at that time a teacher of of morals and economy in in Britain, um, with uh, Shelburne. Shelburne, who was the head of the, the British Empire intelligence apparatus, like the Lord Shelburne himself was the guy who commissioned Smith to come up with um, a scientific um, academic treaties that would then justify why any type of colonies, whether in India, Ireland, or especially the USA, should logically not ever have the use of protectionism to develop or protect or develop, like cultivate their industrial... Capabilities, their you know their agricultural independence, and then that and the idea was formulate an argument we could use to then tell the United States the, the the rebelling colonies that they should just stay cash cropping right, stay with one thing that you could do well. You have a lot of land, a lot of agriculture. You don't have a lot of industry, so you don't need industry because we have the industry. Britain does. Now we won't tell you that we got the industry by using protectionism right but but we expect everybody else to not use protectionism so that they can stay underdeveloped at a at a submissive uh, dominated state by the economic power centers of the city of london which has control of the industrial power hell it used to be india that had it or bangladesh in the 19th, 18th century but we made sure that they don't because we we cut off the hands of you know people who actually had textile manufacturing skills and then we crushed their warehouses, their their factories in India, so that we would have control of textiles. And that way, all of the other countries would just produce raw materials. They wouldn't have economic independence. And Adam Smith's tract, what, which was published in 1776, that's not a coincidence that date. It was done explicitly to argue why the US should not have economic independence. And on top of that, the idea of value, which was the opposite of Ben Franklin. When you read Ben Franklin's writings on a paper currency or the observations on the increase of mankind in 1751, he's literally saying that the cause of value is not people's desire to supply themselves with more pleasure physically. It's in order to have pleasures of wisdom of the mind, for the mind to be liberated from the forces of of nature, the physical forces that keep us constrained to animal-like activity, like like beasts of on, on a plantation. And so when you have new technology, and he argues for the right for the British Empire to give her colonies the right to have manufacturing, saying that look, you're gonna have a better partner with your colonies. We're gonna appreciate you. We'll wanna stay with you more if you just give us the right. We have our own manufacturing. We can make our own nails, our own clothing, you know, and that way we'll have a a better export market for you. You'll be able to buy finished goods from us. We'll be able to buy more things from you, Britain, and it'll just be better business for everybody. And he argues it very eloquently and efficiently in this essay in
0: 1751. Yeah. Uh, He he was a major advocate for uh, global free trade because it it benefited the uh, British Empire. Major proponent of that.
1: Who Adam Smith. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and his his arguments were were used again and again to tell every time there was, you know, rebellious Irish people, I, Irishmen who wanted to develop their their industrial capacity as well. Kind of like what the U.S. had been doing successfully as of 1780, 17 or more 1790, it really started. Um, they were destroyed. Their Their markets were flooded. By cheap British British-made goods, because again, Britain had the monopoly. They could undersell, undercut any any type of local producer. Because if you know when you're when you're trying to start up a new industry, it's going to cost a lot at first, and it'll get cheaper the more you build up your cap- your capacities. So that that first period when you're learning to walk, you're you're gonna pay up pay more, right? And and it's like we saw that with the price of let's say a microwave, right? In the 1960s, a microwave was I don't know the the, the price of several paychecks. And over time, you know, by the 1980s, we're mass producing these things. They're super cheap. Today, they're they're like, you know,
0: man, I'll, f- I'll bring something more recent. Remember yeah. when DVD players first came out?
1: Oh my god, yeah, hey, they were eight hundred
0: dollars. See, do you remember that eight hundred? Yeah, thirteen hundred dollars for a DVD player. Flat screen yeah. TVs, the first flat screens that came out were like four grand. Yep, yeah, five grand, oh, yeah. ten, ten grand yeah. if you had a fifty inch. Ooh, yeah, you have a fifty yeah. inch Pioneer plasma. It's like how much? Forty thousand dollars. Ooh, uh. now it's yeah. like you know three hundred bucks for a fifty inch. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I would, you know, everybody wanted to hang out with this one kid who had a DVD player in the '90s. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, now it's you're like rich. Can't give a damn DVD player away at this point. I, I, you know, kids, kids today don't even millennials don't even know what a DVD looks like. You show them the thing, and they're like, "Well, what's that? Is it a frisbee oh, yeah. or what?" It- <laughs> exactly. It's a shiny uh, frisbee. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, all that to say, like, that's that's the thing. The the the, who told us. Why is this enshrined in ma- in economic and political science and history textbooks that these British imperial thinkers who ultimately had a very misanthropic way of looking at the world were the the thinkers, the ideas that inspired the Declaration of Independence um or the or the Constitution or any activity that was good inside of American so-called Western history. And it's like it's bunk. Now, there, there's there's a there's two currents and that's what I'm saying. like coming out of what Ben Franklin was doing and and what he himself was tapping into. There's this entire other current going back to the days of of ancient Athens and even before that um, of the idea that, no, economics is premised around the idea that we have a soul, that everybody has a soul, and it's a question of pure potential. So what is more real than reality, like the physical reality that you have in the so-called present, is being shaped by the past, which you could say doesn't really exist because it already happened. So the past is we can access it through our memory. We could see its effects. We could see sort of the forces of the past, but we can't see the past, right? You can't go back and like. I kind of wish I could. I could have said something a little bit differently when I was at a business meeting and I, I screwed it up. And I wish I could go back and. Pa- You're not going to go back and past. The best you could do is is learn from the past, right? And try not to screw up again, you know. And you you could say in some sense the future doesn't exist because it it hasn't happened yet. It's all potential. So what does exist is your is your reason, your power to use your 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 mind that God gave us and your imagination, which allows us to shape an image of the past and an image of the future. And in so doing, try to align it to the past as it actually happened, right? Because we'll never know the past exactly, exactly 100% as it happened. Um, but we can definitely act, get get a better or a worse real idea of it, depending on our laziness of mind, our, our desire, our willingness to be spoon-fed garbage packaged for us by slave masters who want to re-enslave us again and have told us about the past, I could be lazy-minded and just accept that. And then, you know, my idea of the past is going to be really detached from reality, or I could try to pursue paradoxes and piece it together in a more honest way in my own mind and have it more in alignment with how, how it actually happened. And then based on that, I can look towards, well, what about the future, right? It, are we going towards a state which is um, which is getting better? Is it getting worse? What type of changes are needed in our current thinking in order to um, ha- put out fires that are that are destroying the lives of, of our future selves or our kids or grandkids who don't even exist yet? Maybe, can, you know, because we can we can make those types of of willful decisions if we're operating on, on a certain rigorous mode of thinking, thinking tied to our conscience. Um, and then we can ask the question, too. Well, based on my knowledge of the past, based on the idea of what I I understand human beings to be capable of and designed to do as far as creatures made in the image of God, I could then see, okay, well, what are the obstacles preventing that future? And then are actions necessary and are they possible? And those are really the only two parameters you need thinking about Well, problem solving for the future is necessary and possible because sometimes, and there's not really much else, there there's a lot of things i can imagine that are possible but they're not necessary you know i can i can imagine a whole variety of things that are possible i you know i uh, uh, well i mean i can i can imagine things that are impossible too i could imagine you know, growing growing a, uh, a wings out of my my back right now and just flying over to to honolulu that's not possible so okay we'll put that in the but there, but there are things well, that- hold on yeah.
0: you know again Matthew, we must tread very carefully here because If that is how you identify...
1: We don't want to offend you, exactly. Exactly. So
0: if any listeners uh, are identifying as a winged creature, perhaps you also have a tail, please don't be offended by what Matthew has to say. Because we here at Rogue are allies of the Rainbow uh, Mafia. I'm sorry, the uh, LGBTQ uh, plus PRTUM hyphen uh, exclamation mark backslash ampersand. Uh, Continue, Matthew yeah please don't strike this video don't don't make it please don't strike this video because yeah. we understand cj and i understand that that is a queer identity and we are allies right cj we're allies
2: that's right okay. that's right
1: okay but i bet this disclaimer was put out there good go ahead, but but see so you're in a, you're in a burning like let's say you're in a, you're a, a burning building you could it's possible go and make some coffee and watch some tv but that's not necessary um Th- there there's other things. And, and you could say there's certain things that are necessary, but they're not possible. Like, I really think it's necessary that tomorrow we should have world peace, but it's not possible for that to happen tomorrow. So I got to think of like how these, the possible and the necessary can co can, can move together as best as possible. So you, you chattel you chart out your, your battle plans accordingly. Um, now if you think that the ideas of Western civilization are all based on master slave societies and behaviorism with, you know, the manipulation of the masses who are presumed to have no soul based on a master class. If you think that that's all that Western society is that gave birth to the Renaissance that gave birth to the Westphalian nation state system and and the American revolution and, and the civil war, everything. If that's what it is, your ability to think through the future is crap. You're done for. If anything, you will be an agent. If you think that, and you put your, 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 uh, your body into motion to, to be a participant in change, you're probably going to be an instrument of destruction. Anything you do is going to be animated by a hate of Western civilization, as we've discovered with many poor, miseducated university students who are, who are educated to be dumb, misanthropic, hateful uh, creatures, unfortunately, who are then weaponized to burn down cities because they think they're and even destroy statues that in some cases involve statues of people like Frederick Douglass, the abolitionist freed slave who worked with Lincoln just because he worked with a white guy. And so his statue should be destroyed.
0: Yeah. And man, and let's just remind the audience real quick, you know, during the January 6th uh, trespassing, you had people that were jailed to this very day. that haven't seen the light of day, but during the entire 2020 year of riots, you had over 37 people killed. Some people burned to death in the buildings that they set on fire. They found bodies after the fact it didn't make mainstream news, but it made local news in Minneapolis and a few other places throughout the country, right? Mm. Nobody went to jail for those killings. 37 people are dead. 735 cops were injured, some of whom had to quit, but not a peep. Yeah. And again, this is because of this misanthropic generation that we have raised. We've allowed this this cancer to take
1: root. Go ahead, man. Dude, now that you're bringing this up, here's an irony, right? We're also January 4th. Um, so a lot of especially conservative-minded Americans, Canadians, uh, Europeans are pretty disgusted, rightfully so, by this critical race theory applied to political change type of, of system that we've seen with Soros-funded operations, BLM, other things. Um, we've seen that what you just illustrated. I mean, we're, we're told that these were peaceful protests that lit- that have resulted in 37 plus murders, nobody's gone to jail cities, property beyond belief was destroyed. Um, at the same time, these, many of these conservative minded people, they have ironically, um, taken this June 4th to shake their fists in anger at the evil, um, government of China, because what happened 30, was it 33 years ago on in 1989 was Tiananmen square.
0: Oh yes, Operation Yellow Bird. Um.
1: yeah, well that's what came out of that. But but so Tiananmen Square, if you actually look at it, we're told and I believed, I think a lot of people did believe the the mainstream media just like we believed in 9/11 and the official narrative about that and, you know, I I believe that there was like thousands if not tens of thousands of innocent civilians who were who were killed by the big bad evil CPC, uh the, the Chinese Communist Party or the Communist Party of China. I forget it's, different people call it different thing. Who cares? Um now, the reality is when you actually start looking at the facts on the ground, it becomes very clear that that was like a Soros-style, CIA, NED-funded, uh, color-revolutionary, Maidan-style attempt using violent Western-funded provocateurs with Molotov cocktails with guns um, who were embedded, infiltrated within the, the protesting student uh, body. Many of the students had, you know, they, were, they had legit grievances on all sorts of economic inequalities, and they were coming out, um, you know, doing their protest. And before that, you had some workers who were also legitimate grievances coming out doing a peaceful protest. And all of a sudden, you have hundreds and hundreds of these provocateurs, kind of like what we've seen. You know, many people, I'm sure, went out to BLM protests for reasons that were probably just. There's a lot of inequality, a lot of, a lot of like absurdity and hypocrisy in the, the American system, undoubtedly. So they came out now th- were they the ones who were necessarily responsible for the most radical violence and burning houses down and businesses down and killing people? No, but that's how this thing works, right? You get a bunch of people together who don't know what the hell is going on. And then you get a few provocateurs to blow things up and everybody gets lost in the, in the, the fear and anger and they, be- they lose their individuality and become a mob. And once you're a mob you you will do things that you would never do as an individual with access to your your you know reason and dignity so there are pictures where people could see this online where i think something like several dozen chinese soldiers um plo soldiers were lit on fire brutally they they were burnt to death buses of, of fields filled were like closed locked and then lit on fire full of these soldiers who weren't properly well equipped kind of like again the maidan um and also some students were killed by 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 individuals who were sh- attacking both sides, but a lot of soldiers, they had a lot of withstra- restraint, and at most, there were a couple hundred people who did die in the course of the event, but a, many of them, like I said, you can see the charred bodies of these people who were choked to death, these soldiers, and lit on fire. Um, this was a color revolutionary attempt run by those same institutions that were then still in possession of Hong Kong, the British Empire, which had run owned Hong Kong for like 99 years. It had only been brought back so-called on, on, on a political level to China back in 1997. But even in a, in, on an economic level, the HSBC, global big drug money London-based bank that that got its start with the, the opium wars, to or at least in the wake of the opium wars in 1867, HSBC was created, Hong, Hong Kong, Shanghai Bank of Commerce, in order to facilitate the flow of the narcotics trade and and pummel China with ever more higher rates of of opium. And today it's doing the same thing. It got caught red-handed. It, it got fined something like 150 million or billion billion, million. I don't know, a lot of money in 2012 for being the biggest uh money laundering bank for narcotics. They still control the printing of most of Hong Kong's uh currency banknotes. It's still Hongshan Bank of Commerce that's there on the, the Hong Kong banknotes. So this is the thing. Oh, there you go. Tiananmen Square, The Failure of an american instigated 1989 Color Revolution, Larry Romanov. That article right there that you've just picked up is the best article on yep. this topic that I have found. I'm glad that you zeroed in on that. Um, George Bush Sr. was on the ground in Tiananmen Square. Gene Sharp, the father, the godfather of modern color revolutions who wrote the handbook that's used in Ukraine in Georgia, was there on the ground in Tiananmen Square. Uh, George Soros' tool, Zhao Jiang. Was the head of the Chinese Communist Party who ran a think tank with George Soros, ready to take control of China? There you go. There's picture after picture after picture of things like that, um, that we are never told in the, about in the West. And the whole thing was designed to be a Maidan color revolution to oust any remaining nationalists who are trying to fight to save their ancient civilization from the uh, from the technocrats, the 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 fourth industrial Davos style, you know Rockefeller. Uh, found it, not Rockefeller Foundation, sorry, uh, David Rockefeller Trilateral Commission operation that wanted to use them as a new slave society of cheap labor uh, sweatshops. That any of the patriots had to be purged and Soros' stooge was ready to be put in power as the man of the people who was going to stand up uh, in defense of the students against the big bad Chinese Communist Party. And he was going to be then the one who, who ushered in the new age of rampant, liberalization adam smith's economic doctrines were being pumped yep. milton friedman right the updated austrian school um ideologues were being printed in record numbers their 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 writings translated into chinese under zhao Jiang's sponsorship throughout the 1980s into the 90s and uh, and i'm here i'm talking about frederick von hayek von Mises, uh uh again friedman um milton who was there actually meeting with Zhao Jiang and said he's one of the most enlightened uh, politicians of the 20th century um, after he met with Zhao Jiang. This was all going to indoctrinate and bring in a new perestroika like they had been doing for Russia into China with a privatized central bank, a totally privatized system of a, of a new multi-billionaire class that was going to be controlled by the Western um, oligarchs that were, you know, already managing the takedown of nation states under things like the Bilderberger Group, which was set up in '54. It it had co-sponsored a sub-Bilderberger Group called the Davos Club, the 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 World Economic Forum, under Kissinger stooge uh, uh, Klaus Schwab in 1971, and uh, that was what was being brought in to China, and that was what was stopped when that color revolution was nipped in the bud, and you had. You know, instead of gaining power and privilege and prestige like all of Zhao Jiang's associates thought they were going to get, and all of the the provocateurs were promised, I'm sure very, very uh comfy lifestyles um, instead they were they had to create Operation Mockingbird, or at least mi6 did, yep. which also used ch- Chinese triads in Hong Kong and the CIA in order to get as many of these provocateurs who would otherwise be sent to jail and allies of Zhao Jiang. Get them out of Beijing. That was done through Hong Kong, and uh, the triads made sure that they they used all of their resources, helped and facilitated by MI6 and CIA to get them into safe haven sanctuary in Canada and the USA, especially where to this very day they represent a foreign, you know, um, multi headed hydra involving. Uh, media outlets, psyops. I mean the 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 so-called Chinese news stations that are pushing for the overthrow of the Chinese government of Xi Jinping. Um if you look at where most of the the source material comes from that exposes things like, you know, recently you had the um the Chinese an internal leak apparently a recording uh that nobody is told like that they could listen to um even if they could listen to it it's questionable you know like what it's what it, what it is even but apparently there's some recording that they say is allegedly the internal meeting of the politburo of china or the the yeah. the, the upper committee uh <laughs> planning for the takeover of taiwan and it was released to the public and, and fox news and, and sky news and and daily mail and everybody's like amplifying and amplifying this who who was the source it was some some guy or i don't even know some it tri- was a
0: uh, uh some dumb guy. He he's a guy who uh, leaked it. His name is uh some dumb guy. He's a CIA asset. Uh he works out of Taipei. Some dumb oh, guy. there you
1: go. There you go. And his uh, I know his media outlet is registered as a US company um that just like hey, how you, did, this guy you,
0: you, you did catch the name that I just said, right? Some young guy? No, some dumb guy. Oh, some dumb guy. Ha ha ha. He's Taiwanese. <laughs> From Taipei. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. I well there you go. I mean, I there it is though. It is some dumb guy. Yeah. <laughs> it literally is. Who's 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 actually American based. He wasn't yeah. and um and yeah, they just like produce Dude, make-believe it, it, material, and then remember? just by repetition it becomes fact and everyone starts believing it and they forget that no, this 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 whole apparatus, which yeah. is tied to Falun Gong epoch time that has this there, that's one voice, and it so the voice is the CIA and MI6. Yes. That's the voice, That's the voice that's, you.
0: that's the hand puppet. That's
1: the hand puppet. Yeah. exactly. Do you
0: remember that's the, hand the hand. right right uh, in the in in the heat of the of the, the scam demic, right? Mm-hmm, the right. heat of the scam There was this lady who who was being paraded on value He she was being paraded, especially by the uh, Chatham House agent uh, Steve Bannon, right? She was the lady who who was a Chinese researcher working on the coronavirus and blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And then it turned out that she never worked in Wuhan. She was never in mainland China. She was a, a Taiwanese uh, netizen who who basically flew back and forth between Taiwan and Hong Kong. And this is the reason why China wanted the, uh, the extradition treaty with Hong Kong to extradite because of people like her. Right? Mm-hmm. And... The whole point, and and every American's like, oh my god, look, this woman, and she they paraded her as somebody who worked in the Wuhan Virology Institute, and that she is intimately involved in bat coronaviruses, and the whole entire thing came from Wuhan, it was a a lab leak. And the whole thing turned out to be a complete lie, the lady's gone, nobody knows where she is, she's completely disappeared off the face of the earth, and this is how we get
1: played, man, it's incredible. And the power of the mind. Right. So this is not something you can remove from the zeitgeist after they've been bombarded for two years with this the same story and the same narrative, framing and imagery of this woman um, and other things, too. Right. Again and again, it shapes not just the conscious, but the psych, the, the subconscious. That's how they worked us for the, the throughout the entire Cold War with Operation Mockingbird, the psyops, the, the utilization of fake news that was. All over that was the cold war. That that's why the, there was no such thing as the Gulf of Tonkin attack on US on a US battleship in Vietnam. That it never happened. So it's not like this is a new thing, fake news. This goes back to this is what got us into Vietnam. Um, it was fake. And um, and it was all of these psyops, they're they're shaping the subsurface of the overall American psyche, both on the Democrat and Republican side, left and right. There, we've all been profiled, we're all suffering from these. Um, deep psychological traumas that go back are multi-generational and we've been profiled. So there are certain buttons that can be pressed that activate certain prejudices, certain, you know, certain tendencies to believe and, and create convictions based on no need for actual reasonable evidence because it satisfies certain, you know, things that were embedded into our our, our minds as children going through the cold war, going through like nuclear war threats, drills, being given anti anti china anti russian propaganda throughout the 50s, 60 70s 80s and uh, and it's just been reactivated it was it was it was toned down throughout the 90s and into you know the first decade and a bit of the 20th 21st century because the idea was well you know the the oligarchy won the the, the world right the game was up there was no more cold war needed and it was the end of history and so you didn't need to have people in a state of psychopathic uh, fear and anger against the other against these these artificial creations of these enemies. But now, okay, these these <laughs> authoritarian nations that are not part of the rules-based order and not playing by the new rules of the game of depopulation and constant global government and war, all of a sudden, well, they're they have to become our enemy again, and new iron curtains are coming up, and that's what's shaping the Bilderberger group meeting, even that just that just happened a few days ago, It just finished. Was how to how to re adapt to a new era of deglobalization with a new iron curtain. How to you know a, a fanatical things like that. How to how to move through the oncoming economic collapse through continuity of government. Um, the the utilization of dictatorial powers that were advanced by Dick Cheney and that are still there, advanced and, and empowered by Obama, advanced and empowered by Biden now. Um, for control by emergency decree an emergency crisis instead of instead of using old democratic institutions of government now the idea is under crisis you don't you cannot have democracy anymore uh, in Canada you cannot have things like you know you can't own a handgun as of this week it's gone the right to even purchase or sell or import a, um, a handgun hey
0: man so that I understand Canadian Parliament how yeah. can the 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 prime minister just make a broad sweeping law and there's no pushback from any of the the elected representatives there is the a they?
1: but in canada right now there is a coalition an agreement reached between the the ndp there's three part there's the conservative party the liberal party and then there's the ndp orange party who are the primary three parties um the ndp will have never had any actual uh federal power however there's a substantial amount of seats so the ndp which formerly before they got that name they were the, called the fabian society of canada oh wonderful of the, the cooperative commonwealth federation that was set up in 1931 and it was again the Fabian society I'm starting of the uh, the
0: Alistair Crowley Party of America that's what the C J well, right?
1: well you know what yeah. Alistair Crowley actually designed the location where the the Manitoba Parliament building is located oh. which is, it doubles as a as a Masonic building with Oh enemies, that's
0: wonderful.
1: Uh, on the roof does it have met- do with without
0: t- wilt inscribed until the cornerstone?
1: <laughs> you could actually google that if you google uh, <laughs> uh, C J if you want to find it I I know we'll talk about about uh, Amalo and all but yeah, you could Google uh, Manitoba um, Masonic Legislature of Canada. Yeah. And uh, just see the images. I went into this thing to check it out with my own eyes. And yeah, they have like weird sacred geometry. Oh, God. looks like sacrificial chambers in the basement that you can go in as a tourist and look around. And it's it's weird. It's really mm-hmm. here. Just check it out. And this, again, Rain Alistair Crowley found this. He selected the location in, I think it was the 20s, because it was the geographical sort of... Car- uh, um, it was the perfect ley line, Matthew. That's why I have designed like that. it. Yeah, it was like the geographical center of North America, and, and that's right. It's in, in direct
0: proportion to the pyramids of Giza and Stonehenge.
1: Yeah, there you go. There's the Hermes. Uh, there oh, that's Hermes here. Trismegistus. Yeah, I guess that's Medusa. I don't even know. Anyway, that is,
0: that is it, my my dear love, Barbara Bush, whom I sire a son with, whose name is yeah. George.
1: Is that true? Is it? I've heard that accusation. Is that?
0: Did Do that, you not see the... Sp- spitting resemblance between me and George. <laughs> he be. is my scion.
1: <laughs> so all that to say, um, there was another more valid point I was trying to make earlier, but I forgot what it was. Um, <clears throat> this is not, this is not actually um, Western civilization. Let's just say that this is, this is something else. Oh yeah. Um, th- this is, this is a dark age culture in, in yeah. the Western civilization. You have a dark age tradition, that goes back to ancient Babylon. And then you have a Renaissance tradition. Those who see human beings not made in the image of mud, but rather in the image of God. Um, And if you have, if you believe in either view of man, that also implicitly means that you have a certain idea of the creator that created man, since we didn't create ourselves. So that implies that there are certain laws that created the fabric of space-time in which we emerged. And if that's the case, you have a a reciprocal relationship idea of a creator and a created, right? And being somebody who's contemplating all of this, Uh, philosophically speaking it means that there's certain uh concepts of law of value that emerge from either hypothesis and if you start from the idea that we have either no creator and it's all just random or we're made in the image of an evil creator who uh is like a made in the image of a tyrant that we've like anthropogenically imposed or projected onto our concept of god which oligarchs do that that's why you get satanists
0: that is why that i created the masonic lodge matthew Yes. I, Alistair Crowley, want you to see the glorious light of Lucifer, who is here yeah. against the tyrannical God. Continue. And it's like
1: these these guys are just so such perverts that they're actually an egotistical God. You know, they have, they have such God Dude, complexes these, that they're uh, they're projecting their own perversion onto what they think of as being the the God controller of the the world that they live in, that they're made in the image of, which is this evil God. Yeah. Um. Which justifies all of their perversion, which only makes it even worse, right? Um, they time.
0: um they literally are like worse than nerds like super nerds who thought like dungeons and dragons was real the board game you know it, it, it's it's comical and, and and wealthy people and people of means gravitate to these br- these rotted putrid brained morons
1: it's disgusting yep yeah. It is absolutely disgusting. So the good thing is that you do have, um, ironically, the better traditions, the better continuity of tradition that had once animated the soul of the West is actually still finding a breath of life, but it's not coming from the West at this point, the so-called West. Um, It's coming more from nations right now. And you you brought up the picture of uh, Obrador, who is representing a broader consensus emerging around nations of the global South. Especially in, in this particular case, he's basically saying, you know, we're we're gonna bo- not only boycott the Summit of the Americas that Biden is hosting, because um, you know it I doesn't represent the Despacito. Americas. Hmm?
0: I hope he plays uh, Despacito uh, when he goes there—the the Spanish song that he played when he walked up to all the Latinx people. <laughs> I love when these morons keeps using the term Latin. All they're doing is pissing off the Hispanic community and the Latin American. They just gonna get pissed off. Every Hispanic kind of like, what the hell is Latinx? what is that i'm like i don't know man so what white liberals in america believe <laughs> dude it's cra- and he goes there and he's playing despacito it's this is you know the spanish uh, song
1: hilarious maybe he's gonna maybe biden will do that again maybe maybe it, it's 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 such a, a joke right because you have First of all, all of these countries who have gotten abused for over generations by Anglo-American imperialism, they've, they've all gotten screwed over and raped. Yeah. The, the, the plan now isn't to reduce that, but to enhance that with the current breakdown crisis and have them serve as like slave colonies in the new world order. Um, and they're being told to come to the United States to like submit to the new blueprint. And of course, of course, you're going to get a boycott. You know, Amlo has just announced he's not going. Um, a few other South, um, Ibero American countries, uh, Caribbean countries have all said they're not going, um, a few are going to go, but I don't think they're going to go along with much. Cause again, like Nicaragua, Venezuela, Cuba are not invited. Um, and on top of that, it's to screw them over. And Obrador even said, we should disp- disband the OAS, just get rid of it. It's, it's in, it's, it has no bearing on the reality of what, um, Ibero-American countries or Caribbean nations need. And instead you, what you do have. Is a much uh, more ardent embrace of policies coming out of what China is offering. That's why, like Argentina, is about to become a member of the the BRICS very soon. Yep. Um, you have China, who has something like fifty strategic ports at this point all over uh, South America and Central America. It's freaking out a lot of State Department plan- planners. Well, because um, yeah, they're it,
0: evil communists bent on world conquest, Matthew. So if we don't fight them over there, we have to fight them over here. You know. You know, they I, hate us for our freedom. That's what it and is. And there's
1: like two ways of getting influence, right? Like that's the thing. When you when you look at the the, the type of influence that the the rules based international order is trying to project, it's through economic terrorism just destroying the nations' abilities to have access to industrial, um, full spectrum economies, kind of like what, what Ben Franklin was trying to argue against the Adam Smith British Empire um, devotees back in the 18th century. It's the same fight ultimately today. They're being told; they've been told you cannot have industrial uh, production. That's why nations uh, like even you know uh, Portillo, the former president of Mexico forty years ago, he was ousted, yeah. um, and and Mexico was subjugated to constant attacks and speculative warfare to punish them for um, uh, Portillo's efforts to create to both abolish the unpayable usurious debt slavery, but then to reorganize. Mexico's banking system around national banks, uh, state credit for the investment into heavy industry, capital productive, capital intensive machine tool capabilities, and with an outlook towards leaping over in out of fossil fuels or hydrocarbons. I don't even want to call them fossil fuels because they're not, but into nuclear power. That was the orientation. That was what not only Mexico was what destroyed the peso was the need to destroy that memory of what they're capable of, which is what Obrador is trying to reawaken. But it was done to every single country in South America. And now China is coming in and offering them investments of a similar magnitude and quantity in terms of number as the World Bank or the, the West has been offering, except the difference is these are not coming with strings tied to conditionalities. They're tied. The only string that Chinese loans are coming with is get the project done. You know, build heavy industry, build mega infrastructure and they need mining and other things, too. And I know, well, you know, a we're, we, out, we I mean, stand
0: as see as, as like I said, you know, we are allies. Yeah. OK, we're allies of the of the rainbow people and uh, any rainbow person out there listening to my voice around the world. The United States stands to not only help you, but to go where no man has gone before. And that is the multiple thousands of genders that are out there. We're willing to show the world. Now, China could bring the the One Belt, One Road initiative to you, and Russia could, you know, uh, develop next-generation nuclear power plants and thorium reactors and fusion technology and high-speed rail. Listen, you don't need that. All you need is solar panels, windmills, and 3,000 genders. And we as allies, we stand ready, Matthew. Okay? We stand ready. We're ready to deploy right now. China and Russia can't do that. That's something we could offer the world, Matt.
1: Yeah, Exactly. Well, and, and here's the here's another interesting thing. Right. <laughs> Beyond this, this complete absurdity, like the, we're bringing the technology of crafting your own. You, if you believe you're an airplane, you we can make it legal for you to go and marry some German chick, um, you know, and, and you could do it as an as an airplane. Um, we could that's our technology that we're bringing to the world. That's our, that's our idea. And so you're telling people who would live in poverty, right? Yeah. Telling people in Africa, in Latin America, in, in Asia, who have suffered generations of just, you know, poverty, abuse, Western funded war, uh, unnecessary famines on behalf of free trade policies. Cause it's not like these countries didn't have the means of producing their own agriculture and becoming, uh, sovereign, uh, economically for having agricultural, uh, autonomy. It's that they've been destroyed by globalization and li- like, I mean, hardcore British free trade logic that says, no, you have to export this amount of your production for satisfying the global markets. Even if you have po- a population in mass need and starvation and poverty, it doesn't matter. You have to export. That's what got the—that's what killed 2 million Irish in the 1850s. That's what killed over 100 million Indians throughout the entire time uh, Britain was controlling the Indian uh, subcontinent. It was through that type of law. It's not like they didn't have enough food in Ireland or in India to satisfy all of their people. It's that they were told by British soldiers that they're going to be shot if they try to feed their own people with the food that they produce because free market uh, treaties have demanded that that be exported. So these countries are now seeing China saying, "Okay, you want to have full spectrum economies? We're going to help you. We're going to have a win-win type. We'll have a better reciprocal relationship with you if you are developing, if you don't hate us and you're prospering, you're going to be able to buy finished goods, consumer goods from China. We will be able to uh, purchase finished goods from you too. You'll have your own capital goods as well. And that's the whole fight is to keep like the British empire has been working to keep people stuck in forms of logic that prevent them from having full spectrum nation states that have capital goods, machine tool production that can produce the machines that make the infrastructure that make the nuclear power plants, you know, like, look uh, right now, China has a plan to build, they've, they've increased their nuclear power uh, production by 400% since 2011. 400%. And they have plans currently underway being built to build 150 new nuclear power plants. And we're talking third and fourth generation, molten salt, thorium, um, things that we haven't done in like 40 years. They're building 150 by the by the year 2030 with plans to probably grow that geometrically with a lot of effort into uh, making groundbreaking discoveries into fusion power and other things um meanwhile and that's more 150 nuclear power plants built by china is more than we've built as a collective so-called west in the past 40 years since the early 80s we just had a moratorium we haven't built anything um on top and now what do we have here we have people in the polish government just came out and made an announcement that the polish people should think more seriously about foraging for wood to stay warm and to have heating that's environmentally um, wonderful and you know eh, and when the german people are being taught to eat bugs this is great matthew yeah well and and on top of that here you brought up environmentally check this thing out right in germany right now this is here i'm doing a, sh- a share screen okay um this is a new article can you guys see that Oh, man, we, oh, oh,
0: you, oh after this our article we have to close out siege has a harsh time has a doctor's appointment
1: go ahead okay yeah, yeah we'll end it Um, But this is the thing. Greens are destroying Germany's ancient forests to make way for industrial wind turbines. And they go through the 30,000 wind turbines that have been created by destroying old-growth German forests. Um, This is to save the environment. Uh, Hey, what happened? I think you went to close the screen share and click the wrong button. I'll message you on Telegram to come back in real quick. Yep. Yeah, so I'm sure that that's, that's what happened.
0: Bloody hell. Bloody hell. He was just getting to the point. There he JJ. is.
1: Okay, he's back. About that. I've no been I, hit wrong, I hit the wrong button.
0: So you're talking about wind turbines, de spies rising
1: German force, right? Yeah, all that to say, it's a totally different paradigm. right? If, if you want to actually have a type of system which is going to be able to have a future that's both necessary and possible, you yeah. got to look at what the orientation is of the leadership of Eurasia, of the increasing leadership of the entire Caribbean, exactly. uh, Ibero-American and African continents as a whole yep. that all want to not sacrifice themselves. They want to have a future and they want to operate in a world of natural law where it's not just some virtue angel. Like there's no idea of altruistic pure angels going around doing good for uh, the purity of good's sake, but you have really of a, a, unlike Adam Smith or Locke or these other creeps, you actually have a, a coherent sense of, self-interest premised around the idea that what is good for the other is all can also be good for me if we act according to a a respect for the past, an appreciation for the science of um, what makes human beings function, and an appreciation for the future since we're all going to die. And when we think long term in both directions, past and future, we make policies that produce real wealth, that, that rejuvenate society, that create the foundations upon which a society can have constant ongoing renaissances simply just means rebirth of the the a revisiting and a rebirth of the best positive principles of what gave your past value yeah that just re re reborn re uh rebirth them every generation you have to replicate that so that you don't make the same mistakes and fall into folly and self-destruct as has been the tradition or the the, the trend for the past several thousand human years uh, when we don't learn you know from the past we we replicate idiotic ideas Perfectly with the set. same effect dark ages so you know we're at, we're at a, a cusping moment here, right? We have the we have the atom at, that we're beginning to understand this ge- this this geometry, this, this this universe in the very yep. small that unlocks a lot of power that could do a lot of bad or a lot of good depending on the wisdom or the folly that we allow to shape our culture. Yep. And going into the the coming future, the only competent orientation right now to use the the power of the atom, including fusion power and beyond, um. Is what we see coming out of the policies of Eurasia, whether people Absolutely. like it or not. That's where it's at.
0: Very well said. Matthew Errod, folks, again, mm-hmm. folks, go check them out at CanadianPager.com, foundation.net, and the Substack, Matthew Errod, that's uh, Substack. Links will be in the description box. with that being said, El oh, Cucco, take it away. All right. Okay. All right. Good stuff, guys. All right. That awesome shit.